Welcome to the Business Design Podcast, the podcast that helps entrepreneurs design and build businesses that succeed on their own, even if you take a six-month vacation. We're your hosts, Ian, John, and Scott, and we're here to share the successes and pitfalls of many entrepreneurs like you and equip you to make daily progress in your business. Today, we're going to be talking about marketing for pirates. This is presented by Dave McClure from 500 Startups, and uh, he has a really famous Ignite presentation where in, I believe, 20 slides in five minutes, he busts out this amazing tool that we've been using for a couple of years now. I don't remember when the first time you've seen this or you you, you got introduced to the funnel. When yeah, I was actually, I was in San Francisco. We were visiting there for a month and there was a presentation that someone did where they re-presented what Dave McClure did on this. And so ah. that was the first time I had heard about it. And so I checked it out on SlideShare beforehand to see what it was all about. And right. yeah, that's that's where I was first introduced to it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like a brand new concept of what a funnel is. And so a lot of us are probably familiar with a, what we call a sales funnel. And this is pretty much very similar, but this is tweaked for, I think, for SaaS companies mm-hmm. as well as technology companies that are trying to think about how you move people from becoming aware of you all the way to becoming a happy customer who is sharing and evangelizing your product. So mm-hmm. he has this really, really great way of talking about that whole process and funnel. Unlike a sales funnel, which is about your leads and prospects and how many people you've moved through the stages. This is more to do with, I don't know if marketing is the right way, but I mean, him being the director of marketing at PayPal, like I'm, I'm going to give, okay, we'll call it marketing for, yeah. <laughs> it's a marketing funnel, I guess, in many ways. That's how we get people to buy our product and tell other people about it. So That's true. I suppose. <laughs> that, actually, that makes more sense. So uh, let's talk about what this is, right? So, and then once we describe what this is, we want to get into kind of why this matters, why this is important to us, how we've been using in our businesses. And we think this is something that is going to be foundational for your business as well as what what you're working on, Uh, whether it's a business or it's a project you're doing within your company or it's a nonprofit. And this is a concept that I've shared with a lot of nonprofits I've been working with as well. So there's five different parts to it. Uh, Scott, yeah. you want to take a stab at it and kind of talk about what the five parts are and just kind of name name them out and we can go one by one? Yeah, sounds good. So again, it's marketing for pirates or metrics for pirates. And the reason it's called that is that the acronym is A-A-R-R-R. So that's R. <laughs> um, so the first one is acquisition. And this is at the very top of your funnel. Mm-hmm. So visualize a funnel. Acquisition is at the very top, the mm-hmm. widest part of it. Right underneath that is activation. Mm-hmm. Then we have retention, revenue, and referral. And sometimes the revenue and referral might be in different orders. It really just depends on your business. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of what that funnel looks like. You mean retention and revenue. Right. Retention are, and revenue. Revenue are sometimes. Yeah, referral should be at the bottom. Always at the bottom, yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. And we'll talk more about that, kind of what we mean by why re- retention and re- uh, revenue might be in different orders. Yep. It's uh. It's a it's a weird tension. It's not we're not the first one. I've heard this from several other people as well. So yep. I'd love to talk about this at some point. Yep. So those are the five the five different components of this. Um, we've heard people who've actually added a couple of things before instead mm-hmm. of just acquisition, calling it awareness. And so let's first talk about what does acquisition stand for. Um, yep. So what does it mean? And let's just go one by one. Acquisition yeah. and just talk a little bit about it. So Sounds what does it mean, good. Scott? Yeah. So acquisition that's how you get people to your website. How do you actually get these people who are hopefully going to become customers? Okay. So there's a lot of different ways that companies do this. Um, even I mean I guess even if we just look at our company, so we have SEO. Mm-hmm. 
we have search engine marketing. We do a ton of that. So that can be Facebook ads, Google ads, Yahoo ads, you know, any of that paid yep. stuff that you might do. Yep. Inbound marketing, content marketing, mm-hmm. writing articles to get people in, even just offline ads. If we're doing newspaper ads, radio ads, we don't do any of that. But <laughs> if we were, right. that counts. Um, any PR stuff that you do, social media, just any of those different things that you do to get people in. It's all included here. Okay. So... That's acquisition. Um, some of the key things that I think Dave was pointing out is that, and he talks about it later in his metrics as well, but he talks about finding channels that are high volume where you're getting a ton of people coming to your site through this channel, or secondly, having low-cost uh, channels where it's affordable to get a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, or not not necessarily a lot of people, but l- you know, it doesn't cost too much to Yeah, good get them quality to leads yep. for a good exactly. price, really. And then lastly, he talks about best conversion channels, which is meaning, you know, channels where it may be high volume or low volume, but the point is that in the end, they get through the the funnel successfully mm-hmm. and becomes a becomes a happy customer for you. Yeah, I think the key thing to think about here is this is at the top of your funnel. Mm-hmm. So if you don't figure this out, it really doesn't matter what you do later on. Good point. Because you don't have traffic. You don't, you don't have anybody to potentially, right. you know, retain and to right. activate. And so this, this is where you really do need to focus once you have something built, you, you need to figure this one out. So the other thing I've also noticed is that as I think as an engineer, I tend to focus on the features and the value mm-hmm. the value proposition. So I tend to just work on, okay, I need to make this all ready and do all these things. But in reality, acquisition takes a good three to six months to build up. You really need yeah. to, you know, even if you're doing Kickstarter and you have a wonderful channel like Kickstarter where you can get people excited about it, the, the real secret is that you actually have to line up all your PR, you have to line up all the, the, the advertising and getting people aware of you much well in advance before you can actually even depend on this to work. So yeah. this is, in my mind, one of the hardest things. It like, is. Yeah, I find, I mean, we've been in business for over 10 years now. We're still constantly tweaking this and trying to figure out how do we acquire more people? Yep. You know, what are the right channels? And then even over time, okay, so Google AdWords was wonderful 10 years ago. It's still a huge chunk of our traffic, but it's not as wonderful as it used to be mm-hmm. as far as costs go. So we're always looking for other low-cost, high-volume channels that we can reach out to. So next one is activation, and activation, uh, Dave McClure talks about about how to get your first happy experience for your customers. And so I think in that, in this scenario, this is how you get them to sign up and to give you some kind of resource that they are actually signing up to try your your product, or it could be something where they even just give you your email address, give an email address to you, and they're giving you permission to to actually give you additional information down the road, right? Yeah, this is where a lot of best practices are. Ask for as little information as you possibly can just mm-hmm. to get them you know, to sign up, but d- don't ask for everything up front. Right. So this could be something as simple as a landing page, or it could be something where you're encouraging people to have a very clear call to action where they're signing up for something or they're clicking through multiple different pages or they're lingering and actually enjoying and using your website, right? Mm-hmm. So this is where you need to give them something of value so that people are actually feeling like, okay, I'm, it was worthwhile for me to follow this channel down and now I got something of worth where I am giving you permission to continue to market and continue to reach out to me afterwards. Yeah. This is the stage where a lot of conversion rate optimization tends to happen because right. it's that first experience that the customer has with you. So tweaks here, again, you're still near the very top of your funnel. So tweaks here will make a huge difference further down the line too. 
Right. So next one is retention. And uh, Scott, you want to talk about this? Yep. So retention, the idea here is we want people to come back to the site. And so this might be that you you acquired them, you got them in, you got their email address, but they might not have even bought something from you at this yeah. point. Or maybe they did, and you have a business where you're trying to sell them more product. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's that outreach, it's that generally email outreach where you're getting them back in. So in the talk, Dave talks about at three days, seven days, 20 days. And I think that's just a guideline, but it's it's having a very deliberate process for when you reach back out to people and then what that messaging is that's going to make them want to return. So this is like a lifecycle email you're talking about, right? Yeah, it is, exactly. Yeah. And so these, this is maybe people subscribing to your newsletter. This mm -hmm. could be people who sign up for your RSS feed and your blog. Yep, yep. Um, good content marketing yep. can happen here. Uh, for us, we do some different emails where we're reaching out and asking, do you have any questions? Is there something we can help you? with yeah. and this a lot of this is just automated stuff that happens with certain trigger points yep. that yeah we should be reaching out to this person if we just leave them at this point then we've probably lost them yeah I mean people forget I mean they come to your website they may even give you an email and then they just don't remember to come back no. right so yeah um, just one welcome email isn't enough exactly. you, you need to do more than that exactly and you're not pestering them I think that's something that mm -hmm. I definitely think about is you know do I want to keep sending yes I do <laughs> they're not a customer yet they haven't paid me yet yes I do want to and it's it's not pestering they signed up for a reason right I think um, one other thing, maybe on, on a marketing level, this is just reaching out to them, getting that to come back so they would consider becoming a customer. But mm -hmm. even if you're not thinking about just on a marketing level, once they become a customer, mm -hmm. you know, if you think about it, what makes them not leave or quit or not cancel their account? Right. That might be another way of thinking about it as well. Something where you're saying you're actually delivering value so that they actually will stay. They come back to you to use you week after week, day after day. That's what you're really trying to go after. Yeah, there's something really interesting that I think is worth bringing up. So we signed up for an Optimizely account a while back, and mm -hmm. I had never seen this done before, but what they ended up doing, and this would fall on the retention part of the funnel, is that they actually did some retargeting YouTube ads. And the ad was, it, they knew that I was a customer, so the ad wasn't trying to sell me on the product. What it actually was is they were showing one of the key features of Optimizely and how it works. Oh, so before right. I watched this video that I wanted to see on YouTube, they're showing me how I can set up my first campaign in Optimizely because they know what stage I'm at. I brilliant. thought that was really ingenious. I, I just never seen that before. That's a good idea. I gotta steal that one. Yep. <laughs> Next one is revenue. And this is the stage where you are convincing people to become a customer, right? So how do you get people to pay for your products? It's really what this stage is about. So now that they've heard about you, become aware, they came to your website, you then activated them to become a trial user or become a real user. Then you've given them some value so they're, they're continuing to come back and use your product. Then now we're at the stage of the revenue. This is the fourth stage in your funnel where we're trying to get people to actually say, okay, this is worthwhile, let's pay for this. Yeah, one of the important things here too is to make sure that your tracking is set up well so you're knowing which channels people are coming through and then where they're converting so you mm -hmm. can look at the channels that are actually working and making you money. Right. So I think that's a, a key point to remember is to make sure that you're tying that all together. Right. What kind of tools are you using to do stuff, stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, we, we have a few different things in place. So we're doing just the basic Google Analytics conversion tracking. So people coming in through AdWords, we know which keywords, which ad groups, which ads are working and which ones aren't. Yeah. Um, but then we also do some tracking outside of AdWords for any other types of advertising that we do, where we have custom 
query string mm -hmm. uh, variables that we pass through. So again, we can know that this came through a certain campaign or a certain you know link that we sent out somewhere. The other thing that you can do is if you are using Google Analytics, um, they have a query string tool that you can use that tacks on some campaign information. Yeah, for emails. And for emails, like that, right? yep, exactly. So then you can, again, through analytics, know where people are coming from and then whether that's actually converting and what yeah. that behavior is for that person. Yep. And I think all that's really important. Otherwise, it's it's a, a blind advertising and you're not going to know what actually works and what doesn't. You'll spend a lot of unnecessary money. Which reminds me, I forgot to add my Google Analytics <laughs> campaign to my last email that I sent out. Oh, man. <laughs> Thanks easy, for the reminder. Easy to forget. <laughs> All these little small details. I think uh, some other things that you might want to see is like if you're using something like Mixpanel or Kissmetrics or some of these other uh, metrics uh, kind of gathering analytics tool, they they actually do a pretty good job in talking about the referral websites and they, they will show you where they came from. So. Mm -hmm. Those are other things to kind of keep in mind. Now, once you have people who are using your products, you know, this is where I was talking about the tension between, not tension per se, but some, I actually like to think of revenue before retention yeah. because you know, there's this whole kind of debate whether or not you should be asking for a credit card before people start using it or you should give them trials and ask for them to sign up for a credit card afterwards. But I like to think of revenue first you know, and then get them to pay for it. They can cancel at any time. And then it's a job for us to make sure that they're getting the, the value out of the product that they're using. So yeah. I like to sometimes think of these as opposites. But once you've gotten to this, these four stages, regardless of revenue first or retention first, our last stage is referral. So what does that mean? Yeah, so referral, and, and something that you want to be careful of here is make sure your product is at a state where you want people to refer it because they're going to be saying good things about you, not bad things. Good point. <laughs> but, but the idea here is for people to tell their friends, to share it on social media, to do right. things that are going to get people coming back so you don't have to keep spending money to acquire customers. Right. Your existing customers are going to do that for you, right. hopefully for free. I mean, and, and I don't think it's wrong by any means to implement some type of an affiliate program where maybe you're giving them some type of a reward or some benefit for telling people. Mm -hmm. It can definitely be a lot less expensive than spending the money on Google. So I think this is really valuable. The, the other nice thing about referrals is that when it's coming from somebody that you know, you're very likely to give it a shot. Right, right. So I mean, I referral is, powerful. Is, is very, is, I mean, obviously common sense for a lot of us. And so I think the point is that now you want to build something intentional, whether it's an mm -hmm. affiliate program or some ability, you know, for example, when you go to a social uh, social network, something like LinkedIn, the first yep. thing it used to ask is, would you like to connect your Gmail account with yeah. your with your LinkedIn account? Which when, when you do that and you're giving the permission to go, kind of essentially go through your contact list, they're sending out and spamming all your contacts for yeah. you. <laughs> it's part of how Facebook also was able to grow. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not so much that people are going directly to the friends and saying, hey, I love this product. It's actually saying, what can you build into your product right. to actually create a virality as well as and make the product more valuable because your network is in there. For yeah. example, Seth Godin talks about your tribe and 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 this this community, uh, this relationship that you're building with your tribe. It, it's it's more valuable when you kind of build in your product this feature where the product itself gets more valuable because your friends and your network are actually part of that the social network or whatever product you're doing. Yeah, I think that's the best situation. If it can be just inherently viral, that to get value out of it, 
you have to tell people. I've heard the example that fax machines, what's the value of a fax machine if nobody else had one? Right. So that was one of the first viral products is, or, or telephones. <laughs> or telephones. Um, it's, yep. it's one of those things that it's totally worthless unless you can talk other people into getting one. Oh, man. That's a really, really good example. I kind of want to now do like a little yeah. history lesson and try to figure yeah. out and just read up on that. That's really cool. So, um, you know, all of this is, uh, so those are the five, uh, the five different stages of this funnel. We want to kind of briefly talk about metrics and measurements around this. Like each of these things, we're assuming that there, you have some way of measuring each of these stages, right? And so it's not necessarily just for technology companies, but it's important that you're able to measure this, whether it's a, uh, a direct mailer where you have a coupon code in it, which is where the first A-B testing and different split testings were, were started. We're talking about it's important that we need to have metrics and measurements that are attached with each of these stages. Let's talk a little bit more about that and what, why that's important. You mentioned and touched on it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, what are some things that we could be measuring for, for the funnel? Yeah, so when you're looking at the top, when you're acquiring people, I mean, I guess for us, conversion rate is huge. Um, we have a product that people tend to convert within the first couple of days if they're going to. Mm -hmm. So we're always measuring that conversion rate to know which keywords are working and which ones aren't. Right. In addition to that, you've got your click-through rate and some of these other side metrics to look at to know if your messaging is effective or you're hitting the right types of people. That's going to tell you if, if you have a very low click-through rate that you're maybe hitting some people that aren't relevant right. um, and maybe you're wasting some of your money. Right. And, and I, th I think you know measurements and metrics here is important. There's a couple of things that come to mind. One is it's not so much that you measure like the how many... You, how many people come into the mm -hmm. initial funnel that right. you have a million, two, five, ten million people coming to your website? That's nice, right? Because then it gives you a little bit more affordance to then convert people from each stage because now you have a huge group of people coming in from the top. What really matters though is not the top, it's always the bottom. Right. It's like how many people are converting is the real question. So it's not about how many people just came to your website. How many people became your customer is what you should be really caring about. Yeah, I think this is an easy trap to get in when you're doing content marketing, especially yeah. um, writing articles that draw in a bunch of viewers who never explore at all who you are and yep. never end up anywhere past that article, yep. never even quite register the fact that you were the one who put that article out there. And, and, um, and it's it's an easy metric to look at to see how many visitors, right. but is, does it have value? Yep. Is it actually going to result in purchases in the end? And if not, maybe you should refocus on what that content right. is. In, in Lean Startup, you know, Eric Reese talks about vanity metrics, mm -hmm. and that's a classic example of a vanity metric. Yep. How many people, your view counts, and your visit counts doesn't really matter. Question is, how many people converted? So th those are those are things to be uh, thinking about. Lastly, I think we want to talk a little bit about how we've been using this in our businesses, as well as why this is important to us. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll start out with saying, it's not so much that this presentation itself, like kind of like, was a light bulb for me. It was a combination of reading some other things and experiencing product management strategies as well as tactics where this, I could see this, this became a really valuable tool for me in my product management practices, right? So one of the things is as a leader or as a founder, as a company, when you have a team, you know, the whole point of having a team is that we can have greater focus and we can have a concerted effort in solving a problem together as a team. What's really hard sometimes is being very clear about what we should be focusing on. Mm -hmm. What is it? What is the themes? What are the things that we're working on? So I found this is a great 
kind of a theme descriptors, right? Saying this week, this iteration, we're going to be focusing on one of the stages. It's all about acquisition. It's all about activation. It's all about retention and revenue. And it, it really makes it easy for uh, for me to help keep our team um, focused and knowing, uh, making sure that uh, you know we're not debating whether or not we're getting you know 100 milliseconds cut off our our load times versus. Mm -hmm. You know whether or not the real goal of uh, it's actually whatever we're implementing is solving a real goal of conversion or some key metric that we're really caring about in the funnel. The funnel helps us keep us focused as well as help us keep priorities on what we're working on. So that's been really really helpful as kind of setting this foundation and having this common language within our company, being able to describe what we're working on. Yeah, I think the the just the visual of the funnel and looking at what stage you should be focusing on, especially yeah. based on your metrics and yep. you know where where the problem really lies. That it's really easy, especially as somebody who is a an engineer, somebody who's building product, to take a if you're not looking at this to just say, okay, no, we need to we need to make the product better. We need to fix this. That's yep. why the business isn't doing well. But if you really are honest about it and look at your funnel, yep. the problem might end up being that no, we we just we're not doing any marketing and yep. nobody's hitting the site. Exactly. So making the product better, while that's that's nice, yep. and at some point that'll be important, it's not the thing you should be focusing on I right know. now. Yep. So it's, yeah, I, I think that prioritization is is huge. Definitely opened, uh, made me realize how important marketing was and how important, how exciting actually and fun marketing was for us. I mean, it made, I think in many ways it got us into you know, growth hacking and actually uh, viewing marketing as uh, more of a, a science as well as an engineering task and a problem to be solved versus mm -hmm. just this magical kind of promotional thing and just telling people about it, right? It was a little bit more concrete for me. So in, in terms of, I would definitely wouldn't know what to work on if I didn't have this in many ways. Like, yeah. it's, it's kind of nice to be able to see and keep tabs of what's working, what's not working, what should we be focusing on, and then kind of be able to move back and forth and up and down the whole funnel and just tweak things and fix things as we're going. But the point is, if your funnel's not working, you don't your business is not working. Yeah. So that's kind of a very easy way for us to kind of know whether or not we're making money, whether having cash flow or whether you're growing in numbers and you're actually able to to grow as a company. And um, you know, it's for me, this gave me a way to kind of keep an eye on the forest and not just on the on on the tree. So mm -hmm. I found it's been invaluable in terms of my ability to not only communicate but also keeping the eye on what's important and the big picture. And uh, it's also been a good way for us to foundationally build on top of this and uh, kind of look at kind of what the customer's experience is as they're going through the funnel. It's, uh, it's been good to not only think of the funnel, what we need to do to make people convert, but also actually flip it around and say, what is our customer actually experiencing in each of these stages. And mm -hmm. that's that's been a really, really interesting way to build on top of this as well. Yeah, definitely. I think another thing for me, just the, the focus on metrics is huge. Um, when I first read The Lean Startup, I think that was one of the first things that I read that really made me feel passionate about the idea of measuring everything. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've always done that with conversion rates and things like that, but I don't think I really applied that to the other stages of the funnel. And so this really helped to make that very concrete that each of these stages, you should have certain metrics that you're measuring to see what, what does success mean? Mm -hmm. And are we actually making progress towards success or are we just getting ourselves busy adding features or doing things that actually are not improving our, our metrics in this area? Absolutely. I sometimes just pat myself for 
being busy, yes. but in the end, if you ask, <laughs> is that what you're supposed to be doing? You know, most of the time it's not. So this is this definitely metrics and measuring these things, as well as being able to frame this this yep. way, it's been very, very good for all of us. Well, I think that's kind of all we had to share about marketing for pirates. Yep. So, <laughs> till next time. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our podcast. For a complete transcript of this episode or to find previous episodes, visit our website at businessdesignpodcast.com. Have a question or comment? Email us at questions at businessdesignpodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching for Business Design Podcast. And follow us on Twitter for updates between episodes.